Well, grab a seat, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, it's time for Flip and Friends. I am your host, Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis. Also, check out That Davis Show. Uh, usually it comes out on Wednesdays. Sometimes we're going to go live with it. Of course, you know the executive produce, producer of both, both shows, Ryan Bukovetsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski 1 on Instagram. And last but not least, uh, co-host of Second City Sports. You can find wherever podcasts are. And also uh, Regal Radio contributor. Uh, the one and only Sydney Brown, and follow him at SidKid80. Oh, man, guys. So um, it'll be out by the time this comes out. We just had a really good interview to Ryan Book with his former roommate, uh, Stevie Baez, uh, executive director of the Chicago Action Votes Action Fund, uh, which was informative as the first interview was, which you should go check that out. Um, during that interview, uh, it, the news broke that uh, Joseph R. Biden got 273, um, and he is now your 46th president of the United States. We will call him 46 and Uncle Joe. Uh, so uh, listen, I think we should start off there, guys, just with our emotions on that before we get into some of these topics about the show. Uh, me and Sid were sitting here talking uh, before you got on here, Ryan, and I just said at least for you know a few days or for this period of time, maybe a month, I'm just happy that everything is okay, you know, even though the fact that Half of the country hates my skin color. <laughs> right. MAGA. Right. Ma- right. Right. Listen, now we should start rocking that shit. Yeah, now right? we can now, actually MAGA. Now we should start rocking that shit, right? Now we can MAGA. Only problem, only problem we will have to change it so that they're not getting any money off of it. Yeah, you know he's going to be like MAGA and put a 2.0, make it all yeah. blue. Yeah, yeah. Set up red. Right. And just now we could, or just, it wouldn't be again, but it would be just make America great, period. You know what I'm saying? MAGA. With, with the black period, not period, period with the T at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I was sitting there uh, Tuesday night going to bed. Uh, you've watched this show, uh, and they went to uh, Worst Behavior, Drake song again. Uh, the phrase "motherfuckers never loved us" uh, was, ringing, was ringing throughout my dome piece to see the amount of votes that not just both men got, but uh, the runner-up in Donald Trump. The amount of, he has the second amount, most votes of any president in the last hundred years. Uh, Joe Biden has the first, and just to think about that, and also it's compounded with the fact that. If we didn't get hit with a, a, a deadly pandemic, this guy would have strutted into his second term. Like when you see that turnout, if you didn't have an act of God take place, right? I mean, just think about it. it, it, it he only lost by what? He's only going to lose by projected what? Maybe four million votes. I mean, man, this is a wild country that we're living in. I was telling Sid that. It's going to be good to have all of that soap opera-ish out of the White House. And usually I'm watching CNN, so they're not going to have to necessarily uh, tell us what he's doing because he's not the president, even though we know unless he gets locked up that he's going to be still basically running the shadow presidency. Um, Don't take this man lightly. He does have an army now. he He has had an army. He has an army, like for real, right? And the, the, the part that's... I'm still fearful of is the I don't see Republicans letting go of that faction because they they, I mean, they already know they don't have the popular vote 
And if they let go of the fanatic Trump fanatics, uh, they know they're not going to be getting anything. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Lindsey Graham and Machine Gun Mitch McConnell uh, proceed in the next two to three years um, while still trying to hold on to this 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 lightning rod of uh, Trumpers uh, that have basically propelled them as the Tea Party had done during uh, the Barack Obama's presidency. But what did you think, Ryan? Uh, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I guess maybe I'll, I'll try to be a little optimistic. You didn't uh, even think he was going to win. Well, <laughs> see, that's why I kind of would push back a little with your COVID thing. Maybe like, I agree. COVID is a huge reason why Joe is in the office, but maybe if the DNC actually picked a person that people could get behind and not just vote out Trump and fill in the blank with Joe Biden. Maybe that would have energized the country a little bit more. And I get what you're saying, but I've been to rural America a lot. Like rural America, they are ignorant. And when you aren't exposed to things, like I told you, growing up, I wasn't exposed to black people. Like you'd have to go to Chicago on like a family trip. You, the black whore. Right, exactly. (laughs) I thought you grew up with a black person in your crib, a (laughs) grown My uncle, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So when you just, you know, you're not exposed to things, you have people, especially when you're young, that are telling you ignorant stuff, and they've Mm. grown up with this ignorance, and they pass down the ignorance. It's all about exposure, and when, like, you meet people and you understand that really it's just skin color like it's that's all it is it's just a different hue there's no anything else tied to it there's no oh he's this or that or this or that whatever it's just skin color and a lot of these people i think just they're in such a bubble out in these middle of nowhere parts of america and you see the map a lot of it's red but if you've gone through any of these states like you see how poor some of these states are and how little resources go out into the rural area. And I'm not talking about like money or food and water, I'm talking about education, you know, mm. people that are holding up educational standards, actual justice. And a lot of times these rural cities, you hear it, it's just like a joke. They become corrupt. You know, the gossip goes right through. Everybody knows everybody and everything's connected. And you built this really tight knit world if something comes to kind of shake the boat or if you fall at all to that kind of uh, propaganda out there, I think you're going to make stupid decisions with who you're going to vote for and who you look up to as a leader. That being said, I don't know what you do to solve the problem. There has to be more of an effort, I think, to get these rural areas like up to date. It's like we're in a first world country with a third world country like shadowing outside of our major cities and especially the populous states. I thought this before Sid jumps in. I, I did have a couple of thoughts this week about how we can do some of the things you said. So listen, Montana, Wyoming, we go and we make cities. All you all really need is about 20,000 people, right? <laughs> and we could take over their, electrical, their electoral college votes and we, right. could, we could run it with an iron fist. We got to call the Wakanda in Georgia and tell them that's the right, wrong state right, now. Right, we right, got to right. move. Like, a progressive, a progressive fist. Uh, but listen, let me ask you this, because when you say what you said earlier about the pandemic, and I'll say why I disagree with it. Um, Bernie, they would ban Trump would have social would have used socialism against Bernie so hard. Um, well, hold on. I get that I really like Bernie, 
but it's yeah. also we're talking about two extremely old white men. Like there yeah. was a lot of options. Yeah, way yeah. before Bird. But I'm, I'm gonna go. Program. I'm gonna keep going. You, 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 you would have had the same issue with Elizabeth Warren. All right, and the fear of sexism because that's part of the reason that Hillary didn't get it outside of some of the stuff that she said in the past. But some people, and this is the weirdest, weirdest part is is women who don't believe a woman should be president. All right, so you any woman that you would have run, you would have ran up against that. Now, if she was a woman of color you really would have had a problem with her necessarily taking down Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is why when uh, it, it was the Dean Davis, or it was still the flip, it was, it was the flip then, now it's flipping friends. And me and D used to tell you that you, we didn't want it, but you had to run Joe because some of these people who want to feel like the old times, they still want the, the, the necessarily the narrative to be a quote unquote progressive or um, not this toxic nature, but they still want some familiarity and that's an old white man. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think that, I think that helped. I do believe, I know, like we said, check out the interview with Stevie Baez and we know this, we were voting to get Trump out that we've set this on the flip for the last year and a half. We listen, I would have voted for uh, a nickel. All right. A banana. A, uh, yes. <laughs> what do you mean by that? But I would have voted. What? <laughs> You can't, you, gotta, you can't say stuff like that around black people, like bananas and monkeys. Just watch. I'm just giving you your heads up. Whoa, right? I know you, you're not. You're not right. You're not racist. I'm. I'm joking with you. I'm just giving you. Like, there's trigger words for for us at certain times. All right? A pineapple. Oh. Not <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, Ryan, I think we had to run uh, Uncle almost not there all the time. Uh, to get this done uh, because some people sleepy Joe. Yeah, we had to, you know what I'm saying? And I still have a fear of, so what are we going to do in four years? Cause we can't run him again in four years. Cause he's going to be like Reagan in his second term. And I know Sid may have some memories of Reagan. I know you don't Ryan, but he wasn't, he wasn't all there. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, no, I don't even mean politically. I mean, I meant right here that, he was those last couple years. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? So you, we yeah, can't Joe, run. Imagine he ran another term. He'd leave at 86. Right, and they'd just be come on, dog. We'd be so someone was sitting there, be feeding him, be like, Mister President, here goes your mush, <laughs> Mister President. The White House nursing home over here, <laughs> the South Wing. <laughs> Man, the Oval Office smell like piss. But uh, listen, Joe. <laughs> Did you go again, Joe? Joe, I asked you before I went to the office. <laughs> Clean up in the Oval Office. <laughs> right. Oh, man, the president is rock, rocking the pants. But, Sydney, what were, what were your thoughts, bro? Uh, once again, congratulations to Joe Biden being elected President 46 of our great country of the United States of America. I want to piggyback on both of you guys' points. I've, I've been saying this off and on for the last year or, or so. Why do we have just a two-party system? I'll never know, but I think both parties uh, need to reach out and have the candidates to reach out towards the younger people. I don't want to have age discrimination on my mind, but like like we talked about before, we had two 70-plus-year-old men uh, that we had to elect, uh, had a choice to elect to run our great country. Another one was having experience, but can we get younger more qualified candidates to to lead our country, especially to those to those candidates to reach out to the younger people. Uh, the, the thing, the great thing that we can take from President Obama, whether you like his politics or not, 
he uh, he was in the age of when social media was really kicking off and the internet was already taking off. He had a his and his team had a strategy to get the younger people out to vote. He already had his base, but he reached out to the younger people. That's why he was elected two straight terms. Mm, definitely, definitely. So let's jump into topics. Shout out to Ryan. Keep up the good work. All right. From the Washington Times, the, er the early vote tallies of Arizona on Tuesday stoked some speculation that President Trump is being haunted by the ghosts of the late Republican Senator John McCain in the 2020 presidential election. Mr. Trump and Mr. McCain, the 2008 the GOP presidential nominee, had a stormy relationship that included personal insults and high-profile uh, legislative clashes. Mike Murphy, a GOP consultant, said during an appearance on MSNBC that Mr. McCain, who died in 2018, can end up having the last laugh. Mr. Murphy said the early vote tallies in Mr. McCain's adopted state are looking very promising for Joe Biden. Mr. Trump mocked Mr. McCain's military service in 2016's GOP, uh, GOP presidential race. He's not a hero, uh, Trump said in uh, 2015. He's a war. Uh, he, he's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that were captured. Listen, I picture John McCain coming out, like, rolling over his grave and giving him like he did on uh, on, on Obamacare when he when he came out late at night. He was like, <laughs> oh, and he did for all of us because he knew that his life was coming to an end. And instead of playing politics, John McCain did the right thing uh, right there. I love it. Um, parts of my life, I, I, I'll be lying if I said that, that I didn't have an affinity as a child for the Maverick. Maybe I just didn't know enough. Uh, but some some aspects of John McCain, um, I, I liked, uh, to be honest with you, at times. Uh, but I do like the fact that you saw his wife out uh, campaigning for Joe Biden, saying she was going to vote for Joe Biden. She didn't turn on the Republican Party. Uh, I was watching the interview, and they tried to get her to talk a little bit about some down ballot, uh, like the senator and so on and so forth. And she was like, I'm not even going to talk about that. Uh, but she went out and said that, you know, I'm going to vote for for uh, John Biden, I mean, Joe Biden. And of course, you know, that had to affect some people that had an affinity for John McCain. So shout out for the Maverick. Uh, one last shot. <laughs> I just see him like coming out of the grave. Like some people are visiting and just like screaming air. He just looks up and gives that smirk and laugh. Right. And then, he got some, and then he did some thriller. <laughs> for 45 seconds. Exactly. All right, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to go back down. But yeah, um, just crazy to know that uh, Arizona, all right, one of the most uh, conservative states. This is a state that when we were shorty Sydney, Chuck D had to write a song. Mm -hmm. to, when I get to Arizona, because these yep. sons of bitches wanted to eliminate King's Holiday, which I don't know who doesn't like a day off. All right. Um, so just to let you know some history, because some people may be young and don't know some of the history of Arizona. And just some of the things that they've done down there in Arizona and for that state to go blue. Because even like Phoenix, um, of course, Phoenix propelled it and Tucson and so forth. But I, I have a family member in, in Phoenix and that is not like a hotbed of blackness. All right. I know it's a metropolitan area, but it's not like uh, the south side of Chicago or Detroit or, you know, these like these other cities with Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying? Like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so that that one wasn't just on us. Some other people jumped in on that one. So uh, shout out to Phoenix. Sid, what were your thoughts? Oh, I mean, shout out to uh, Arizona. What were your thoughts on Arizona being flipped blue for this time period, at least? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I was shocked because, like you said, it's been a red state for so long. And so sh shout out to the people who, who voted, who wanted real change. The only thing I found that disturbing was, uh, and I wasn't really surprised, but on the election night in these last couple of days following it, 
those Trump supporters came out to the Arizona uh, Arizona State Capitol to try to protest. Oh, you better stop counting those votes. Oh, this is rape. This isn't right. No, they wanted them. They wanted them to count in Arizona, though, Sydney. That was he. He wanted You're them to stop. You're thinking of the uh, Midwest, Sid. Where yeah, he Philadelphia. To stop the vote there. Yeah, but not Philadelphia. Because that was. Yeah. No, sorry. Right, yeah. But yeah. Well, right. that's the you know, joke, Sydney. Trying to get things in their favor. I was like, wherever the final results were, you're just gonna have to accept it. Go ahead, Ryan. Well, that's the joke, right? Like, yeah. He wants you, the counting and to keep going. Stop and here. The states he's losing. Yeah. Exactly. And keep going. And the states there. I'm winning. Yeah. Or leave leave Nevada and Arizona open because yeah. there's a chance I may come back. Keep going. But Philadelphia and Georgia, you Let's and wrap up stop. Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Uh yeah. So definitely uh shout out to, to all these states uh for coming, just getting rid of this this son of a bitch. And I hate talking like that, but it's just facts, man. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You know what I'm saying? There's something wrong with you. I, I hate to say it. Maybe you need to break it down to me. Um, but it, this this isn't how the the, the 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 most important office in our country should have been ran. It shouldn't have been uh, something that was used to uh, prop up his businesses. Uh, that's something that like we the, the fact that he can't get prosecuted on getting richer while in the White House from the, the dignitaries and people that stayed in his hotels from the deals that we don't know that are going that are going to go on in other countries that not keep going on the secret account, I mean, uh, bank account that he has over there in China, you know what I'm saying? Like all this stuff that if it was any other press, I won't even go Barack Obama if it was Barack Obama. If this was Bill Clinton, they would have been on his ass. Believe you me, Bill Clinton got some dome, all right? And they impeached his ass, all right? For some dome. All right, he lied, but it was just some dome. All right, I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm doing for she's just wanted to say that a few more times. Well, still, the power dynamic in that relationship between Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky is improper. So you, even if she's an adult, still there. I mean, it's the same with an employee where there's a power dynamic that you can't necessarily, you may not necessarily be able to say everything is quote unquote consensual. So I'm, I'm joking, but I'm also going to show you the serious side of it. All right. Stacey Abrams, who earlier this year was on a short list of This Is NY Times. Uh, was on the New York Times, rather, was on a short list of potential vice presidential candidates, was ultimately not chosen by Joseph R. Biden Jr. Uh, but on Friday, as Mr. Biden took a narrow lead in Georgia, it was Miss Abrams who was celebrated as a sign of her remarkable ascent as a power broker since her failed bid for governor uh, two years ago. My president. She's my president. I'm just letting y'all know that. Celebrities, <laughs> activists, and voters across Georgia credit Miss Abrams with uh, moving past her loss. She, she, came, she, uh, she came within 555,000 votes of the governor's mansion and built a well-funded network of organizations, highlighted voter suppression in the state and inspired an estimated 800,000 registered votes to register the vote, residents to register to vote. You have to build the infrastructure to organize and motivate your base and you have to persuade people, said Jason Carter, a Democrat, who was the party's candidate for governor 2014. Stacey built that infrastructure and Donald Trump's presidency energized that infrastructure and it opened up voters to a, a persuasion who were pre previously not open, particularly in the suburbs. My president, ooh, almost knocked this whole thing over. <laughs> My president, Grant <laughs> All right, Wakanda, well, listen, I, I wanted her to be vice president. Um, I still would have preferred her over uh, Mrs. Harris. Um, no big, no problem with Mrs. Well, yeah, it's slight problems. But um, I, yeah, I, I love, I, I love Stacey Abrams. Um, I wish America could really get to to know her because I think she would be an excellent president for this country. I think Stacey Abrams should be the first female president 
uh, for this country. I, I felt like that for uh, over a year and a half to two years, perhaps. Um, I didn't think I, that's, a, that's a jump, though, to go from uh, losing the, the losing uh, the governorship to jump all the way into being a president. Um, especially it's not like she was a senator or anything like that. At least you can kind of feel, you know, like, oh, even a mayor, even though I prefer not mayors to jump to that level. But, uh, yeah, I love me some Stacey Abrams, and I look forward to her having a long career and doing a lot for all of America, but in, in particularly our people. And she did a, a fantastic job. And also shout out to um, Mayor uh, Lance Bottoms down there in Atlanta, too, because she definitely uh, helped out also. Uh, what did you think, Sydney? Uh I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that much about Stacey Abrams. You know, I know a lot. We know why. We know why you don't know a lot about her. Uh, is that what you think, brother Bunger? You don't like You know, you know the big big sister ain't necessarily the, the taste of Sydney's uh dish. Is uh. which which part of that is is not the dish? <laughs> go ahead, Sid. Go ahead, Sid. But um, I, I I'll say this. The question is, will America be ready for a first female president, especially who's African-American? And whether we want to admit it or not, and this is a no personal shot at, at Stacey, but are you ready for, uh, or I hate to say this, a negative stereotype, especially of a black American female to be your president? I think most of America will, will not be ready. She can have all the credentials in the world, but we all know that, especially in public office and politics, is an image game. And I don't think it's a big section of America, including some people that look like us that's not ready for that. You can have all the qualifications in the world, but you don't like what you see on your television. Woo! I think her look may help her in a way because I think it's disarming for some women compared to if she was some, I guess what you're saying is she's not a looker. I'm not going to say that about that lady, mm -hmm. uh, Stacey Abrams. I'm um, not saying the person, but yeah, that's how a lot yeah, of people think. Yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, we got you. Oh, uh, but... <laughs> Well, listen, this is the, one of the reasons that I, I, I've i championed her. She is a car care, or I don't know if she still is, but she's a car care member of the NRA. Um, there's there's different, there's there's a dynamicism about her to where she can get in different ways. And let's even say stereotypical black woman. She's not, that's unfair, but I'm, I, I get what you're saying. She's not someone with the attitude, even compared to, and she does it very well with um, with, with Kamala, I mean Kamala. Um, I, I know I messed it up. But that's why I say Mrs. Harris with, with, with Vice President Harris. Ah, so <laughs> I, I, I or Vice President Harris. I love how when there's when there's certain Senate meetings and she takes apart people, you can see you can definitely see her background as a prosecutor. But some people will consider that having an attitude. Stacey Abrams isn't the same, isn't like that necessarily. So I do think there's a disarming factor to her. I, that's why I said, if America gets to know her, but I'm with you, Sydney. I said this on an interview, the second interview we did with uh, Stevie Baez of uh, Chicago Votes. One thing that I know now, we're not getting a black president for a minute. And I mean, that's just the truth. He said he hoped. I'm like, if, if you had to break out Joe Biden, I told after an election night, y'all better start going to look for the next white hope. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the only way it's going to work right now, man, because this, this country, especially when there's still a threat of Donald Trump running again at 78. All right. It's, and Donald Trump still is going to still going to have his 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 40, 35, 40 percent that are backing him and causing confusion. Um, like it's it's going to be something. This is going to be an interesting uh, four years, to say the least. But again, uh, shout out to Stacey Abrams for all the work she did in turning Georgia blue. All right, like just think, like she turned Georgia blue, 
uh man that's 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 wild man I'm, I'm, it made me uh it makes me happy uh to the see ladies this. they're making the difference in this yeah. year's election talk about Stacey hey. abrams we just talked about cindy mccain in arizona good one right they're coming out they're coming out kamala kamala is doing a great job yeah vice president harris um so <laughs> i got the name right i can say it oh kamala. all right all right so listen uh chris hemsworth's personal trader a trainer Luke Zaki, I believe this is Zokchi, revealed that the Thor actor threatened to fire him. This is from Yahoo. If Luke joined The Bachelor as a contestant, he told no, no, no. The Bachelor is where he's the main guy and he gets all the women contestants. The Bachelorette's <laughs> when it's the woman. And no, no, right here. No, no, right here. It says for this is the article you sent me, Ryan. It says that if Luke joined The Bachelor as a contestant, you're right. They're still saying that he would be the contestant on The Bachelor. I'm just reading off. Of yes, what, yeah, I'm just yeah. clarifying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's not that, what's going on right now, The Bachelorette, where No, he's going to be the center. He's going to be the main person, and the ladies are dating him, so he chooses them is what you're you're pointing out and highlighting. Mm -hmm. uh, he told 96.9's Fizzy and Whippa that he was offered a spot on an Australian iteration of the dating show, but when he was asked for Chris's well, when he asked for Chris's approval, he didn't go very it didn't go very well. Ashley didn't get it, but I said no, Luke said. I actually said to Chris as a joke, uh, if you go on The Bachelor, I will fire you. This is what Chris Hemsworth said. Even though Chris nicks Luke shot at the, at the Rose, it seems that Luke is just doing fine in a dating department. The 37-year-old fitness guru uh, says he's no longer single for the first time in 13 years. And he's been out there getting it. I finally go and got myself a girlfriend. It took a pandemic. She's a Swedish backpacker. Uh, he added. So like I said, if Jody was he a fitness trainer, he ain't had a relationship in 13 years. He's been long stroking a decent amount out here in the street. So I said, the pandemic made him settle down. All right. Like, Look at these abs. Look at him. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's the what if. Would you rather continue your career being uh, the trainer for Thor? Or would you leave his ass to go on The Bachelor and have, take your pick of all the women that they would have? Clearly, Thor pays well. Yes, and because let's assume you don't automatically get another celebrity trainer either. That's yeah, right. It's clear, clearly, Thor pay. I mean, also you gotta think the, the traveling that he's done. He's on set. You've seen this guy with Chris Hemsworth in different uh um in different uh hotels because you see like the workout he does even without equipment or whatever. Like just how hard Hemsworth goes at it. Um, because look, you you get you can gain celebrity from being on a Bachelor and Bachelorette. That's definitely plenty of people have done it. But I don't know how many of those people can monetize it prolonged for a prolonged amount of time. So I'm sure that's like, yeah, I come out here, I do this, I got a year and a half, and then I'm done. But I basically get, what, another decade that Chris Hemsworth's easily going to be an action star? You know what I'm saying? That it, And also I get to hang out with Thor. Listen, part of the reason my man is out here long stroking is because Thor is married, so somebody's got to take all that droppage falling all over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm on set. Thor can't do it. I can do it. Let me help you. Let me. Abs. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you think, Sydney? What would uh, you do? I should say, Sydney. What would you have chosen? Initially, I would have gone on the Bachelor and then get all the women that Ooh, I can that I yeah. like. Maybe. But you know, like you said, you, you keep your income longer with the uh, with that job. You'll still be able to get women, but maybe not in masses. But you know, if that money's speaking right, I'm keeping that keeping that job. 
Why did we ask him? I don't know why we asked him. We know his answer. I knew well, it. Listen, listen. Can we ask was... the producer for the the female contestants beforehand? Do you right. get it? Can you get a sneak peek? Can I decide listen. after them? Listen, Sydney would be like forty five. They'd be like, "Your season is over." The Bachelor. Sydney'd be like, "I'm not going nowhere." <laughs> he was have lawsuits. Like, barricade himself. Right? Australian <laughs> bachelor. <laughs> they like, "You must better bring them new girls up in here." I'm not leaving. Right? I didn't find love. Right? <laughs> I didn't find. It. I thought I was supposed to find love. Listen, wait. Are you talking about the, the legal votes or the illegal votes? <laughs> I need a recount. Recount those roses. <laughs> I don't remember oh. giving one away. Give me a new one. Basically, we're not getting Sydney out, period. All right. Switching over to a, something to do with the pandemic that's going on. This is from Yahoo. A nasal spray that blocks the absor absorption of the SARS-CoV-2 virus has completely protected ferrets, and it is tested on according to the small study released Thursday uh, by an international team of scientists. The study, which was limited to animals that has not yet been uh, peer reviewed, has assessed by several health experts at the request of the New York Times. If the spray, which scientists describe as a non-toxic and stable, uh, is, provoked, uh, is, is provided to work in humans, it could provide a new way of fighting the pandemic. A daily spritz up the nose would act like a vaccine. Having something uh, new works uh, against the coronavirus is uh, exciting, said Dr. Uh, Arturo Casadevall. Uh, the chairman of the immunology at John Hopkins uh, Bloomberg School of Public Health, who was not involved in the study. I can imagine this being a big something big in the arsenal. The spray attacks the virus directly. It contains the, the lipotides, uh, cholesterol particular uh, particle linked to the chain of amino acids in the building blocks of proteins. This particular lipotide exactly matches the, uh, the stretch of amino acids in the spike protein of which the virus, which the pathogen uses to attack a human airways and lung cells. So listen, we may be able... Listen, I get you, you get your vaccine on, right? Because I got to get back to being able to just to be a little regular. Give me, give me that 2.0. sides. 2.0, 2.0, not 1.0 vaccine. What if 2.0 came out in a year after? Three point? Well, I don't know. I, listen, I may get to a point where I just break down, dude. Like, that's, a, that's what I think you're wavering. <laughs> I may too. I may, I may. Because, I mean, also, it's going to also depend on what happens with schools. I mean, because if it gets to a point where they're going to force our children to be back in schools or also could depend on jobs. Now, luckily enough with my job, probably this is this extended uh, remote thing. I mean, because I broke work remote two days out of the week anyway uh, at my gig. Uh, it's fine. And also we have the situation where a lot of jobs are realizing that perhaps they don't need to have these fantastic office spaces uh, if the work can be carried out from home. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to have something that feels like it's protecting me. I don't know the long-term effects, especially spraying something up your nose every day. Um, I, I may have a sinus infection right now, and I was looking at some of the things to, to do to combat it. And I remember when I graduated from uh, high school, that um, and we're kind of gonna get to some high school stuff at the end of the show, that uh, I, my, mother would, my mother always had sinus problems. And she would like take me to get medicine from the hospital and um, I was reading the thing today and it was like, yeah, if you take this type of uh, nasal spray, you only could take it for three days. And after that, if it's not gone, it's going to come back worse. And that's when I stopped taking the nasal spray because I had a nasal spray and I took it for my sinus infection and it, it was worse afterwards. And after I stopped using nasal sprays. Then I have in the past used a neti pot, which sometimes I don't like because I feel like it gets 
into the, the, the my um, my ear. I mean, since all this stuff is connected or whatever, and there's nothing worse than feeling like you have some liquid in your ear because you're afraid of having an infection because the ear infection is terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I'd probably do it. So Ryan, since you, you, you spotting off, what would you do? And what, what would you do about the 2.0 if it was a year from now? Mm, I don't know. I, uh, I'm still feeling very iffy about this vaccine. I just, I guess I would have to do some research. The thing that scares me about it is like, how much is this Russian to try to get profit? And I really care that everybody stays healthy from it without long-term side effects. I don't think that that's really the goal here with the vaccine. I think it's trying to like get COVID out of here right now. And if there's some long-term effects, we'll figure it out later on. I can agree with that. That's what... I'm like a little concerned about, but I think, I guess no matter what, you're not going to be able to extrapolate 15 years of data on no matter we, what are we going to get to 15.0 before you feel comfortable with getting a new vaccine for Corona. Mm. So, uh, I probably wouldn't do the nasal spray personally. Cause I've just never been good with nasal sprays. I've never liked them. I've gotten them before for allergies and stuff. And I just never would really use them. I mean, I guess this is a little different because it's COVID, allergies, you're not going to die if I don't take it. So whatever, I'm just dealing with it. But I guess uh, the spray would be kind of nice if you're still kind of being somewhat uh, in quarantine. Well, in quarantine, then if you do go out, you have some kind of alternative to go out there with. And if you're not going out every day, you wouldn't have to take it every day. You can just take it when you want to do it and when you want to go out. Uh, but I think, um, I'm probably on course to break down just like everybody else and probably just get that stuff. Just go back to normality, I guess. I don't know. COVID fatigue is, COVID fatigue is real. I've yeah. found myself in some situations that was like, what am I doing? Especially how we have locked down bad in the hatches. It's sometime I've been outside. It's like, yeah, I'm wilding out right here a little bit for what's going on. So I'm definitely with you, Sydney. But one other thing is, like, the thing is, the long term, I can't get over that. Like, I would love to know from doctors what they think. Like, can we ever really know the long term effects of a corona vaccine until it's been long term with a corona vaccine? Ten years is was the usual length of time to figure out a vaccine and the potential downsides, downsides of a vaccine. And even going along with that. That still doesn't, you still may have a problem extrapolating the rest of someone's life with what that vaccine may necessarily do to that to their body. So I'm with like you. if let's say you are a woman, does it does the vaccine mess up if you go through menopause later on hmm. in your life? Something like I don't, that? I don't know. A shout out to you thinking about the menopause. Um well, Sydney. I can't I know I know you do. I know you do. Sydney. What would you do? I mean, you're you're one of us that you every weekday you're going to your job, so you have to be around people. So there's some different considerations that you probably have. What would what would you do in the situation? Would you take the nasal spray? And also, how soon would you be open to taking a vaccine? I'm with Ryan here. I'm skeptical of the vaccine. Of course, if you believe everything that the media says, they selling this vaccine idea as the and the cure all to to end all everything. We all know that vaccines are not cures, so I would be skeptical of that. If I had a choice, maybe the nasal spray if it's much easier and safer, but I'm skeptical on the vaccine. Like you guys said, it takes a long time to get a study of what the long-term effects of a vaccine really does because 
we 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 still learning things about this COVID nineteen uh, virus that that we barely knew anything about earlier this year when this whole pandemic started. So I'm really skeptical about the the vaccine. Anyway, I would probably take take the spray. Mm. Oh man, breaking news: the Trump. Uh... The, those people driving in those herds or whatever driving down College Grove right now causing confusion. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> they got lost. Oh, <laughs> uh, they wouldn't make it out. This is you, you really don't want to do that, especially with uh, Vaughn being uh, shot and killed uh, the uh, the other day morning. This isn't it's a, this with Chicago's youngins. This is the time you want to be in the city right now. All right, uh, listen. This is from people, uh, Russian oligarch Vladimir. Marigold, uh, also known as the Sausage King, uh, because he owned several meat processing factories. Yeah, that's why. Was killed in a sauna with a crossbow after masked intruders broke into his estate near Moscow. According to Reuters, Marigold was at home in his sauna with his partner when the two uh, when two intruders tied them up and demanded money before shooting him with the crossbow on Monday. The woman uh, was able to, well, to flee out of the window and alert the police to BBC reports. Uh, by the time police arrived, and it's from people, the uh, 54-year-old Marigoff was dead. While inspecting the scene, investigators seized the, the crossbow, <coughs> sorry, the man was shot with. Russian investigators uh, committee said in a statement from the AFP reports that the, attack allegedly, the attackers allegedly stole Marigoff's car, which was later discovered in uh, suburbs of Istra, a town near Moscow. According to the Guardian, one of the alleged suspects was taken into custody and refused to speak to with the police. The man acquired the crossbow in a shop in Moscow and was directly involved in attacking on the businessman. Uh, the investigation committee said, and this is from the Guardian, in a strange twist, police allegedly uh, searched the suspect's apartment on Tuesday and found an elderly man there handcuffed to a bedpost. The man was allegedly being held captive and forced to sign over his apartment in Moscow. Uh, the Guardian reports. At the scene, the police took the person to custody who allegedly uh, guard, was guarding the uh, handcuffed man. Police said the suspect arrested in the murder was also allegedly involved in the scheme to extort, extort apartments from uh, the Russians. Dude, the crazy thing about like Russian thugs, they really have their hand in every single thing. If you ever see, I can't remember this show. It's a show that studies um, supercars and I don't want to say necessarily and, and different uh, and, and different uh, myths or uh, stories about supercars. And there's a story about um, up uh, Sunset, not Sunset, up uh, what's it the four? What's um uh, what's the PH uh, Pacific Highway, Pacific Coast Highway? Um, this this guy was in sixty six. I believe it was a Lamborghini. I can't remember. It was, they was, he was going through Malibu. Uh, I believe it was a Lamborghini, and he was doing almost two hundred miles an hour. And the car split in half. It hit a pole and split in half. But how the car is designed, it's designed to crumble around the the, 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 the passengers, the passenger compartment. So these guys got out and was fine. Dude, they hit a light pole at 200 miles per hour flying because they hit like a rock or something. And, you know, something like that. He was airborne, right? So the dude, like, pulled out something that was like, yeah, first he was like, I can't talk to you. I work for the CIA. Uh, pulled out some old phony stuff. This this is a Russian cat. He was doing so many other things here in America and in Russia. It was ridiculous. But you see these, listen, and it's how crazy they are. First of all, man, if I'm going to do some dirt, I'm not using a crossbow because that reload factor is too slow for me. I got to be able to go clack, 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 and not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like, if I, you're trying to send a message. 
that's not the. I think you know. I think a gun sends a better message than a, a crossbow. Yeah, also, Russia, you, they go guns are. You're right. You're right. Guns are nothing. Step it up a little. You, and I also feel like if you're using a crossbow, you should be on a, a snow machine. You know, if you kind of, I think the aesthetic fits with that. Like if I'm out there and like Ryan and I'm, I'm chasing you down, I'm a snow machine. I pull out that crossbow. You'll be like, damn, right? <laughs> that's on some whole nother level of shit right there do you think there I was re- an element of alright I only get one shot and if this dude tries to come after me I'm gonna murder his ass with my bare hands yeah because th- that's a Russian mindset right there I'm, I'm, I'm definitely definitely is weird hey don't rush real quick I wanted to put this tweet out yesterday I didn't it's gonna be so good having Russia as the ops again Right, like Trump hasn't been, he's been kissing Putin's ass. It's gonna be good to be like, "Fuck you, Putin!" from the White House. Right? I don't fuck with you. I don't like you. It's it's gonna feel good to have some good old Cold War, Cold War enemies like it should be. And I'm not one to, to advocate for any type of war, even if it's a Cold War. But just the fact that Putin has been using our president as a puppet by the, the fact that our our president would say nothing bad about Russia. Uh, has been just—it's distasteful, and it's, it's even more distasteful when you think about how many how many lives were lost due to the Cold War. And some of those lives weren't just American lives. We're talking about being in Afghanistan after Russia. We're talking about Vietnam. You're, we've been in these places because these are other the other places that basically we were fighting communism, uh, aka uh, the USSR or Russia, to say the least. So, yeah, Russia's crazy. <laughs> yeah, my mom gave me plenty of horror stories from back over there in the USSR. So, right, your mother's Russian? You. No, Poland was occupied. Oh, you're Russia. right. You're right. Wait, but your mother grew up in Poland? Mm-hmm. You never I'm said I'm first that. gen American. I never knew you were first oh, generation my American. Gosh, I must have. No, said no you've I never said that. Wow. Well, I didn't know. You're, like, you're almost an immigrant. <laughs> Yes, I'm one away. You're one foot of a one foot step away from immigrant. <laughs> how old was your mother when she came to America? Uh, she was already an adult. I think she was in the 70s, like 1970. She came okay. here. But was, is your, was your father from Poland too? Yes, but he immigrated here. And they met hmm. here. Oh, but they was like, I, got, I still got to give me some of that Polish loving. Exactly. <laughs> That's why you come to Chicago, baby. Second oh, biggest course. Polish population uh, outside of Warsaw. Yeah, we got like three others. I think three other uh, nationalities where we're like that too, where we're like uh, really up there high. I think maybe so. Maybe Serbians. I believe. I don't know if it's Serbians or Croatians, um, but I mean, to their cousins to me. I think a lot of Polish people have moved on from Chicago too, because there's not as like the all the old Polish neighborhoods are basically gone. So, oh yeah, it's, it's called white flag, bro. Yeah. Um but Sid, what what do you think of the crossbow and the, the old man uh shackled to a, a radiator to get his get his apartment out of him? Even <laughs> though I even real quick, real quick. Hold on, listen, listen. I'ma come back for your ass in this apartment shit. I'm about to go take this crossbow and kill it, motherfucking sauce. Right. Right. <laughs> Okay, Even though I do not personally advocate any violence, unless it's seriously for self-defense, a gun would be more powerful and quicker. But I would like to try the crossbow just one time. Just one time. On a person or just one time? <laughs> I said just one time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was real. 
Now oh. I used that killing on my person a while ago. <laughs> All right, guys. Last one. Uh, what was the number one pop song from the year you graduated from high school? Sydney, do you know? No, I do not. Take I it, got what? mine. Wait, wait, Sydney, what year did you graduate? You graduated in 98? 99. 99. Mm, so summer of yours, 99. Yours was uh Believe by Cher. I can feel Oh, oh, it's not yourself. It just really can't find enough. No. Oh, Nikki, you leave in love after. You know, when I think about Cher, it makes me sad to think about how Sonny died. I, it's it's just always goes across my mind when I think about Cher. Anyway, um, I could see Sydney you... dancing to Believe in Prom no, no, in the no. summer of '99. Mm -hmm. Oh no. What about with, you, Ryan? With D in that in that prom. Right, 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 basically. <laughs> Mine was Beyonce, baby. What song? Irreplaceable, 2007. Mm. Look at you, so young. I love that. That might be my favorite Beyonce song, too. I don't know why, but I really like that song. Oh, that, the, wait, wait, that's the, that's the You Must Not Know By Me joint, right? You must not know yes. by me. Yeah. I yeah. you just had your, you had your hand on your hip when that shit was going. <laughs> no, I see, I hated it. I hated it because it was so overplayed on the radio. It's kind of uh -huh. like uh, New York State of Mind. I really like that song, but I hate yeah, it. Yeah, that's while a good one. That's it was a good always one. on the radio twenty four seven, and that was the same thing with Irreplaceable. But Mark Jackson, Mister NBA, got me back in when he was calling the finals. Uh, like this was early Mark Jackson when we're getting used to the corner three ball or three ball corner pocket kind of stuff. Uh -huh. And that was very new and fresh for a broadcaster because a lot of times they do the old cliche stuff. And he used the, it was Rondo and the Celtics against the Lakers. He's like, Rondo pulls the Beyonce to the left, to the left. And I just, <laughs> that song got stuck in my head and I started listening to it more and more. I was like, damn, you know what? This is a pretty good song. I love the Queen Beyonce. I do not put on Beyonce songs like that. Very rarely. And I love I'm, some of her songs I have enjoyed. It's just I respect her as the queen, but that's that shit ain't necessarily for me. Mine's unfortunately was Unfortunately. The number, yeah, the number one song. And I'm not I'm gonna talk about more than the number one song because this shit didn't it didn't work in where I was coming from was the Macarena. Was uh, <laughs> wow, I didn't think we'd get worse than believe my share. I'll take terrible. it. I'll take you know what? I may take the Macarena. No way, <laughs> listen, share's on that bitch yodeling, and you know she's yodeling on that. Motherfucker. You play you the Macarena at a 70 year old wedding on the fourth rewed after they met okay. the nursing home. You know what? What, what? I got one for you. Which one gets more replays? Oh, definitely Macarena. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. at weddings or anything definitely like that. Definitely at that time. Yeah. All right, but also I want to run down real quick. So that was number one, Macarena, uh, "One Sweet Day" by Mariah Carey and Voice to Men. See that we played that where I was at. That was popping. Uh, Celine Dion because uh, you loved me. Uh, the Tony Rich project, nobody knows which that got played. Uh, this one because this was this was Mariah. Right after she got, she broke away from Tommy Mottola and really Puffy did a lot of this album. This is the Butterfly album, uh, Always Be My Baby. See, Mariah, and this, uh, the last one, I'll say this. 
Tracy Chapman, but the, this one was really the one, the song for us. You had the Crossroads, Bone Thugs and Harmony. That was the song that that year that we was like, that's what we was over here on the South Side. That's what we was playing. That's the remix. See, people don't even know that's the remix to the Crossroads. You got to have the album that had a first Crossroads if you mm. didn't know. But yeah, I remember banging a lot of around graduation time, a lot of the Fugees. Um, even though it wasn't brand new, I was listening to the Purple Tape, or better yet, I would say Built for Cuban Links by Raekwon. With Wait, Ghost hold Ray on. Mm-hmm. All the songs you mentioned were the year you graduated, and Macarena was number one out of all those. Man, Macarena was. <laughs> you let you know how big Macarena was, man. Macarena, hey, like that's when we kind of hit that weird spot where stuff like that could just blow the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Because that was that was like the first one. Because then you had the one from uh, I forget the uh, the Latin guy that had one. Uh, I forget his name because he had one of them too, like two years after the Macarena. When did uh, the YMCA to... come out? Is that, that around came this out... time? Come on, bro. You know that's low. That's 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 low. <laughs> YMCA came out in the seventies, man. I don't know. I wasn't you don't alive know. for any of this. I wasn't alive for the for the seventies either. I know it didn't come out that long, man. <laughs> but you were closer, Damn, bro. You think you think Bones <laughs> was out? I'm talking about Bone Thugs and Wu-Tang, and you think that the, the, the village people was I, out I during just, the century? I think of, when I hear Macarena, I think of YMCA and those type of songs. I don't oh. think of number one shot tapa Macarena. Let's see when that came out real quick. Like, come on, the Macarena? Where people, like, dancing that on the street, just doing that 70, wedding? That song came out in 78. Yeah, when All did right. Macarena come out? 96. 96. That's close. No, that ain't my <laughs> This is fucking 16 years apart. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's 18 years apart, basically. Uh, Do you remember yeah. the YMCA being a hit on the radio? You were close. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, now, I've, uh, now I've done it. Struck a chord. Revenge, revenge will be swift against me. I know. No, no, no. <laughs> But yeah, guys, that's definitely it. Um, as we've said to you, Ryan Book, uh, Stevie Baez, executive producer of the Chicago Votes. Uh, check out that interview. It should be out. If it's not out, it'll be out by the time you see this. So we definitely talk about everything in the election here locally and nationally. Uh, and also going forward, uh, the things that Chicago Action uh, Fund votes, Chicago Action Fund, uh, Chicago Votes Action Fund, I apologize, what they're going to do and kind of what we need to start doing uh as the people so make sure you check that one out uh we'll definitely be back with the uh, that david show this weekend with some more guests uh make sure you check out sydney brown on second city sports uh follow sydney at sick kid follow ryan at ryan b ski and ryan b ski one and follow me at that davis uh hopefully you're enjoying yourself because that bass is out of the office mm-hmm. officially <laughs> for now sydney we go the flip